Welcome. 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 Welcome to the Paris Tennis Club Podcast. This is Mayor David Bailey. Tennis Club Podcast. Paris Tennis Club Podcast. Podcast. Challenge mediocrity. Challenge mediocrity. Challenge mediocrity. Challenge mediocrity. Challenge mediocrity. Welcome to the Paris Tennis Club Podcast. Number four for Saturday, April 13th. My name's Tom Tranmer, and I'll be happy to help you challenge mediocrity today. All right, let's get right to it. This week up on the podcast, we have updates on our tennis lessons, which are scheduled to begin early in May. We have junior lessons and adult lesson packages available for registration now online. So head online to theparisclub.ca and register yourself today for our adult and junior lessons. We have a tentatively scheduled date for club opening coming up on Sunday, April 28th, starting at 1 o'clock p.m. We'll have membership signups available there and package pickups for people who have already purchased their memberships online. Uh, there'll be signups there for any group lesson slots that are still available. And as well, we're going to be doing some court cleanup and stringing demonstrations, as well as some fun, casual open court play. No Canadians in action this week on television, but tune in this month as the clay court season is underway, which will go all the way up until the Roland Garros tournament at the end of May. This week up on the podcast, we have a very special interview with Dora Stefanovic, who is going to be coaching lessons at the Paris Club. She'll be having lessons on Thursdays at 11.30 a.m. in the daytime for adult beginners. On Fridays in the evening, she'll be starting off with some junior advanced techniques and then some intermediate adult lesson clinics. Some slots are still available for these lessons, so go ahead online and register yourself to get access to these lessons at the Paris Club this season. All right, let's get right into the interview. Hello, Dora. My name is Teodora Stefanovic, and I'm a tennis coach and tennis player from Serbia. Recently, I got married to a Canadian golfer, which brought me here in Canada. Yes. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> we met um, in Texas at Lamar University, where we both went on an athletic scholarship. Nice. We went to Lamar University in Beaumont. Okay. It's about 30, 40 minutes from Houston. Oh, nice. It's a nice, nice place. I really enjoy my time over there. I think university is a really great experience. And it really shapes you up as a, as a person. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah it really does. Tennis in U.S. is really, really wide. Yeah. And it's very popular. Like, there are connections, obviously, but not as much as here. Here in Canada, when something is happening, everybody knows. Everybody is involved. At least I got a... Can you tell me a little bit about how you got started in tennis? That was a really funny story because... Um, we had um, we had a tennis club yeah. pretty close to my place, uh, to my house back in Serbia. And one of my neighbors, she was she was already much older than me. She was playing professionally. Oh wow! Yeah, and huh. I would see her going th- like on the street every day with her huge tennis bag. <laughs> I was like five years old, and I'm looking at ten- that tennis bag, and I'm like. That is so cool. I wish I had that tennis bag. (laughs) And um, 
I remember I um, I went to my dad and I'm like, hey, dad, you know, how do you feel about signing me up for some tennis lessons? And he was like, I don't think you're ready. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean I'm not ready? He said... At five? Come on. Yeah, <laughs> five. He said, um, I just think that we should wait for a little longer. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So I knew that my grandma, she was super supportive. And um, we were living in the same house. And I went straight to her. And I'm like, hey, grandma, you know, I'm really into tennis, even though I was just into a tennis bag. And I'm like, <laughs> can you, how do you feel about taking me to, uh, to watch some tennis players? And we went there and... Um, We met my first coach, and he was a little older guy, and my grandma was super chat chatty with him, and he convinced her that I'm ready. Oh, that's awesome. So um, I started playing maybe once a week or something like that, and I remember we went on a vacation, and they had the tennis courts over there, and my dad saw me hit a couple balls, like actually make a contact with the ball. <laughs> he was like, okay, I think we are ready. Oh, that's good. At a young age like that, it's really tough, I think, to just get over that initial hump of, like, being able to be coordinated enough to, like, make contact. It is. That's why he was so surprised. I think as a parent, like, watching my sons mm -hmm. who have recently both sort of gone through that progression of, like, zero to, like, competency. Of, exactly. Like, just being able to do it. It's it's almost like pulling teeth, like, watching them try to, like, figure it out on their own, right? It Because is not easy. Because it's like you've got to learn a lot of things in your body. And at that young age, it's like you don't know anything at all about any of it. You're so. completely right. Even as a coach, yeah. uh, last summer I had I had couple really young kids, and it was really challenging to actually just teach them how to make a contact with the ball, because oh, yeah. they have very poor hand-eye coordination. Um, but then just a couple months later, they're hitting the ball over the net, and you're like, "Wow, that happened so fast!" They learn fast. Yeah. Yes, For the sure. kids just. They, they do learn fast. Just moving on, what uh, after you got started with the sport, what uh, kept you going? How did you like decide that this was going to be like your sport that well, uh, you wanted to keep uh, pursuing? Well, here's the thing. Um, when you start playing tennis, you realize that the sport is really hard, yeah. right? And what keeps you going is that you're improving. You want to get better. You always want to get better. You're never satisfied with what you're doing at the moment. So... Just the fact that I was not good enough at five years old, so I was gonna, I wanted to get better. That was something that really pushed me to to keep on going. But also the sport. Sport is probably the most beautiful beautiful sport I ever played. Yeah, There I is agree. not such a thing as tennis. I love tennis. It's Once you get good, pretty good, then. I don't know if you feel the same way, but when I'm on the tennis court... I've never been pretty good, so I'll have, oh, to, I'll I have, saw to, you. I have to get there Oh, first. come on. <laughs> I saw you hitting yesterday. You're hitting very nice. Oh, thank you. Yeah, but I don't know if you feel the same way, but when I'm on a tennis court, I feel like I'm dancing around the court. Yeah. It just... When you get a good rally, you feel such a high... Yeah. Like you get tennis high when you get a good rally going yeah. and you get addicted to that feeling. And that's something that just makes you keep on going. So I have to ask, why do you think it is so difficult to get people interested in and really, really keen in the sport of tennis? 
mostly the reason for that is that tennis is a pretty hard sport, yeah, pretty tough sure. sport. And then some people just don't have that competitive instinct and they get discouraged after a couple fails. Right. And unfortunately, in tennis, you're going to have more bad days than you have a good days. And if you cannot deal with those bad days, then it's definitely not a sport for you. It's like being able to handle uh, adversity and still see the progression towards exactly. becoming better. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. As you continued to improve in tennis, what challenges did you face in keeping your motivation high at continuing to learn and develop your tennis skills? That is actually a really good question because so many players, they reach certain level and then they stay there. Yeah. Like you just cannot find a way to improve. Push through it, right? To push through. So when it comes to that point, that means that it's time for a change. You need to change something, whether that's a coach or the way you're practicing. Uh, or two different countries. Or yeah, actually, actually yes. Um, so when I was, I think, fourteen, I would say, I was still back in my city, still practicing, playing tournaments and everything. But then I was like, I don't feel I'm not improving. Yeah. I'm just staying here at the same level. I don't think that I'm doing anything to get better, and I really don't know what am I supposed to do in order to to improve, to get better, to get to a next level. Right. That's when I went to academy in in Belgrade, which is a capital of uh, Serbia. Um, I got a kind of like a sponsorship from them. Top uh, top ten players in country in nation, yes. they get sponsored by academies, and you basically go there and train for free. And that's when I um, realized that playing with different players, having different hitting partners, different coaches. I had, at that point, we had seven coaches, and they all had some kind of opinion. They all had some kind of tip to give you, right? Because nice. sometimes you realize that one coach is not enough. Yeah. Seven coaches definitely think better than just one coach. <laughs> is it more, is it too much at seven or did you say seven's mm, okay? Is, seven? There's, no, there's not too much diversity of opinion when you're trying to improve at that level. Those academies, they work as a, as a team. Yeah. So they basically have the same strategies, the, pretty much the same opinions. Nice. Just some coaches maybe see your mistake better than other coaches, yeah. right? Um, so I found that very helpful. I found just changing the coach, getting, um, second opinion, maybe seventh opinion. It's very helpful and very beneficial in my case. Right on. And, and that's you, when I really jumped. Yeah. And I, you went on to play some competitive tennis after that, right? Yes. Then I started, um, I was very young when I started playing competitive tennis, competitive meaning professional tour i start playing some futures itfs um and um, in order to get into the qualification you have to have certain ranking or you have to get a wild card luckily i had a good ranking so i was getting into qualifications but i never broke through i never broke through to to the main draw just because most of the girls were already in their 25s, 30s. They were like very, very experienced. And I'm like, 
oh, hi, how are you doing? <laughs> a little bit like, intimidating, right? It is very intimidating, yeah. especially because I was so small and tiny and they're all huge, full-grown women. <laughs> so my advice is that in those kind of situations, maybe sometimes it's good to be a little more patient. Yeah. Like it's not necessarily good to start right away. Sometimes it's good just to wait gain experience, gain some weight, <laughs> and then uh, go ready into those tournaments. And when you switched to coaching, did you have to change your personal motivation at all to keep yourself excited to come to the courts every day? So, yeah, I actually accidentally got into coaching. I got a job offer from John Newcomb Academy uh, in, back in, in Texas. And that is probably the biggest academy I've ever seen. It is huge and it is amazing. So how many courts? Uh, probably around like 90 courts. 90? Like that's that. insane. Yeah, so... Man, I can't even like visually imagine what that would look like. <laughs> 90 courts. No, we had, we had clay, awesome. we had indoor, indoor we had and everything. Oh. And um, you, had, you, could, you can choose... The color of the court you want to play on that. <laughs> today we'll go pink. <laughs> yeah, today we're going to go pink. Nice. You have to drive the golf cart from one one court to like the, the other part. Uh, so it was awesome. And that's when I realized that, um, I mean, I got also very lucky with some of the players I was coaching. They were really motivating me to get better, yeah. to, to do more research, to think a little bit outside of the box. And that's when I, I realized, oh, I actually kind of like this. I like being competitive, but I also feel good about making other people better. So, Well, it's almost like that feeling that you felt in yourself at such a young age, like feeling yourself progress and grow. It's like you want to share that with the students that you're coaching now. Like you want them to progress and grow in the same yeah. way that you had that feeling of like progressing and growing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's a very strange feeling because I thought that I'm not going to feel the same way. For example, if I win the tournament or if I win the match, I thought that if only I win the match, I'm going to feel that way. But right now, when I watch my players winning, I feel even better. Perfect. And that's something I didn't expect is going to happen. So for you personally, is there a part of the tennis season that you look forward to every year? Oh, definitely spring. I, I love Roland Garros because mostly because it's a clay, a clay tournament. Yeah. And... Um, my uh, my head start my I grew up on clay. My head start was on clay. Um, I just love that color. I love sliding on the court. I feel like it's just so extraordinary. I love it. So I'm really looking forward to to watch some Roland Garros on TV. But I also lo I'm looking forward to go outdoors. Because spring season is when you're going from indoors to outdoors, and it's always really exciting. Yeah, there's a few more things to get used to with the sunshine and the Yeah, wind you could see that yesterday. Right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's always a big challenge. It feels when you go from indoor to outdoor, you always feel like you're just starting a new sport because it's completely different. Nice. You, have, you have wind, you have sun, you have everything. It's just 
so so much better. I I love outdoor more more than I. Well, we're really looking forward to having you at uh, the club for the spring. Yay. I know that uh, yeah. it's going to be our very first ever adult intermediate lesson that you're going to be coaching mm-hmm. on Fridays. Uh, so I know I think we've already got five of the eight slots uh, booked. Wow, nice! Uh, and uh, I think it's about the same for the juniors as well. It's about five of the eight so far. Uh, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it's yeah, definitely good. I, I know that people are, are keen and excited, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to help us learn and progress and uh, keep up our love of the sport as well. Well, I'm really looking forward to, it. especially I'm gonna have you by my side to guide me through. Um, Hopefully we can help each other out. Yeah, definitely. We're going to work as a team. Uh, I'm really excited about meeting new people, new players. Um, I'm going to give my best. And uh, I'm also hoping to for some um, partnership between Dufferin and Paris. Because... I've been uh, I've been working at Dufferin last year, and I met some amazing people, and uh, I'm looking forward to connecting those people to people from Paris. It's all about growing the community, right? The exactly. more players we can get together, hitting balls together, is just going to be a better thing for the sport. It's just much more fun. I think so. Right? It's much more fun. All right. Well, thank you very much for the uh, interview. Maybe we'll have you back on later in the season for a little bit of a debrief on how the first round of uh, lessons went. Yeah, I would love that. Or how the uh, Roland Garros tournament ended up. (laughs) Thank you very much, Tom. Thank you. Yeah.